Well, we've been in an Advent series here. Advent means the expectation or the anticipation, the arrival of Christmas. And so in this Advent season, we've been going on. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent, so we've got the four candles going on. And, uh, and, uh, so, you know, we're just, we're just on the, just on the doorstep of Christmas. Next Sunday, we'll continue in a similar series. We'll include a time for testimonies. If you've got something to share that the Lord's done in your life this last year, be prepared to, to share it at kind of an open mic time next week. Uh, we'd love to do that. But you're here. You're ready to celebrate Christmas, right? Maybe a couple of things left to make or purchase. A couple of stocking stuffers maybe, but you're pretty much ready. You're excited, right? Okay, good. Okay. And um, you, um, wives, for example, your husband, did you notice how quiet he was? Just let him slip out this afternoon. He's got to get a couple more things. Um, he'll, he'll, he's got plenty of time. Well, the message of Christmas is simple. The message of Christmas is so simple. It's, it's what the angel declared to the shepherds in the field. Good news of great joy for all people. A savior is born. The savior is born. It's good, which means it's something you're, you want to listen to. It's news. It's something new and important and needs to be broadcast. It's, it's a great joy. It's exciting and, and it's a satisfying. It's for all people, regardless of your race, your, your ethnic heritage, your, your gender, your, your, your political preference. It's for all people. And it's for you, it's for everyone else as well, for all people of all time, that the promised Messiah, the Savior, this, this one who, the only one who can lift the burden of your sin and lift the burden of our wrongdoing and grant us eternal life instead of eternal judgment. He is born. He's here. He's come finally. Promised and promised and promised and He's here. And that's the news. That's the Christmas message. Born as a, as a real baby to a woman. Her name is Mary. And the message of Christmas means that you can belong to the family of God. And, and regardless of how crazy your own family is, and some of you are just thinking about, well, tomorrow's going to be interesting. Like capital I interesting. Like you're thinking about that. Well, no matter what your own family is like, you need to know that the family of God is a good, good family. Because God is a good, good father. And you can be a child of God because of Jesus. And I'm going to read uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 through you. And it goes like this. This is not typically a Christmas passage. But I want you to listen to this as as John the Apostle. uh, There's two Johns in the New Testament. John the Baptist and John the Apostle. This is John the Apostle. And he's writing this. And he says this. He says, in the beginning, John 1, verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is... Uh, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He, the light, he came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become 
children of God. They are reborn, not of a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. And he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Or another translation says he was full of grace and truth. That's the word. The Word. The Word in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What is this kind of cryptic, mystical language about the Word? Well, it's, it comes from a Greek word. It's the word, the Greek word is logos, and it literally means word, a spoken word, uh, a, a thought or a, or a rationale. And, and you've got to keep in mind, this was written long, long ago, and it was written to the, to a kind of a Greek audience, a Greek kind of worldview in a Greek culture, and they had this philosophical concept of the word, that there was this, this force of reason that holds everything together. That that's what they believed. Logos was the, this grand impersonal element responsible for bringing all things to being and sustaining the universe, unseen and invisible and impersonal. But John, the apostle, he took that concept, that philosophical notion, and he personified it in Jesus. So the Greeks, the, the people of that time, they had no problem with God myths. And they, they, they had, you know, stories of gods in the heaven and gods on the earth. But they always remained separate and apart from humans. And, and they, they, could, they could become human, but not without losing their sort of divine or their God nature. And the mythical Greek gods were, were temperamental and, and, and unpredictable and contentious and cruel and sometimes even uh, malicious and, and self-serving and mischievous. But it was how they explained how the universe works. It's how they explained storms and, and, and thunder and, and different things around them. In contrast, John now took this concept of logos, the word, creative, all-powerful, eternal, divine, and he named it. He gave it a name. He said, you know that pervasive sense you have that, that there's something over everything else? Something bigger at work? Something that's networked everything together? You know that feeling? It's real. And it's God. And it's expressed through Jesus. The Word. And the Word was made flesh. You're taking notes today. You could write this down. You could say everything exists because of Jesus. Everything exists because of Jesus. Not only that, Jesus is equal with God, one with God. He always existed. He's the authority over everything that is, exists now. Jesus didn't become like God or, 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 or you know, like uh, achieve God's status by his own efforts. As though you or I could, could do the same thing. Jesus didn't begin to exist the moment he was conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit. He always was. He is. He always will be. He's eternal. And, and, and we have him right in the very beginning. If you read Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And God spoke and things came into being. And he spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was Wildlife, and there was plants. God created all those things. Throughout the Bible, God is named as creator. And it was understood throughout history that, that everything was created by the word of God. Back in the Psalms, 
uh, Old Testament kind of book of, of hymns and poems. It says this in Psalm 33, verse 6. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word. There's that word again. And all the stars were born. If you jump to the New Testament, Colossians chapter 1 puts it this way. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Everything exists because of Jesus. Now, I don't know if I've, uh, if I've told you about our one of our family cats before. This is Bucky. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't, oh me. He is deserving of no such compassion. Right? He's not useful for much of anything, but he's useful for an illustration at this moment. Now, I am not Bucky's creator, but but work, just work with me, okay, on this a little bit. Bucky is dependent on us for for his food and his care and sustenance. And... And uh, you, you could say it this way, that, that we are his higher power. We are Bucky's higher power. And, uh, and he has a constant need to connect with his higher power. He'll tangle up in your feet. He'll jump in your lap. He'll make all kinds of racket if he's not getting what he wants. Because he wants to connect. Uh, I think I'm probably overthinking it. I think he just wants to be in charge. You know. <laughs> what, what's the saying? Like... Dogs have a master, but cats have a staff. I think, I think that, I think that's how the saying goes, right? Now you may or may not realize it, but you also have a need to connect to the divine, to connect to your higher power, to connect to God. It's in you. It's, 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 it's in the very core of your being, that need to connect. You need to know your creator. And to have a relationship with him. And throughout history, humankind has been either trying to reach God or trying to deny or minimize his existence because of whatever reason, fear or, or insufficiency. It's why, for example, allow me to, to, to take a rabbit trail for a moment. It's why, for example, the theory of evolution is not purely science. It's belief. It's a belief construct to, to limit at least or even eliminate God. It's a belief. That all things randomly organized and formed with order and structure and beauty and reliability and organization and dependability and reproductivity and sustainability. Like that that all happened randomly. It can't be proven, but it can be believed. And it allows a person to, to sort of resist the notion of a higher authority to, to, to make nature its own authority and, and therefore to be free of answering to anybody. Now, I may be overstating it. You may disagree with me on that. You think, no, no, it's just science. I want you to think about it further in terms of the why. Why is it so important if that's if that's your worldview? Why is it so important to you? I, I'm here to tell you, you're not a random accident of the universe. You didn't just happen. You actually have a purpose. You were created. And if you're created, you have a creator. And if you have a, 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 if you've been created, that means there's purpose and there's design and there's intention to your life. And those who haven't been trying to eliminate God or at least minimize Him have been trying to reach to God through religion, through science, through, through good deeds, through self-promotion, through pleasure, whatever. It's like, I just gotta reach God. I just gotta do hard, do, do more, should be better, try harder. I'll, I'll get there. But instead, in Christ, 
in what we have at Christmas, this good news of great joy, is that instead God reaches to us. It's the ultimate love story. The ultimate love story that the hero, the rescuer, the savior, he doesn't wait to be found. He comes to us in a form that we can understand and take hold of. God is not distant and unknowable. He's, he, he's man now and he lives with us in Jesus. I mean, just think about this inversion, right? That the creator of all, the creator of humans himself becomes human. The word who created flesh becomes flesh. The one who has unlimited authority over all things, everything that he's made, subjects himself to the limitations of humanity. Why? 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 Why did Jesus become human? Why does it matter? Well, he became human so that, so that you and I could become a part of God's family. Forgiven of our sin. Brought into the light. Given eternal life. Made a child of God. That's why that has happened. That's why Jesus came. For our benefit. For your benefit. Okay, but does it really matter? Do I really need this? Is this, is this really gonna have any consequence? It matters because the one responsible for the creation of all things has made it possible for you to be at peace with God and at peace in all circumstances. Some of you just need peace. One of the amazing testimonies you'll often hear from a Christian in the midst of a, say, a health crisis or a financial crisis or strained relationships or the loss of a spouse or, or maybe just whatever challenge they're going through, they'll often say, but I've just been at peace. I've just continued to experience God's peace. I can't really explain it. There's so much turmoil. There's chaos going on. There's uncertainty. I don't even know how we're going to get through this week, but somehow God just has given me his peace. That's, that's what happens when you're in the family of God. Verse 11 in John John 1 that we read says that, that Jesus came and he was rejected by his own people. He was rejected by the ones who he came to save. But then verse 12 says it this way. It says, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Another translation says, but to all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the key right here. Adoption into God's family happens by your faith to believe, okay, Jesus, I believe you're real, and accept to receive him into your own life. Jesus, you can be there. We must believe and accept Jesus to become a child of God. If you're taking notes, you could write that down. We must believe and accept Jesus to become a child of God. It's like, it's like a Christmas gift. I'm, I'm going to need a volunteer for this one. Can I get a volunteer? Anybody? Come on up. First of all, you got to tell me your name. Nikita. Nikita? Okay. Can you spell N-I-K-I? T-A? Okay. Two. From Brian. Look at this. I have a Christmas gift. It has your name on it. It says to Nikita. Do you believe that this is for you? Uh, yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Nikita, why do you believe this is for you? Because it says to Nikita. Because it says to Nikita. So you believe it. 
Would you like to receive it? Mm, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> so, how would you receive it? How would you accept this gift? Thank you. Yeah, and you have to take it out of my hand, right? Yeah. There you go. You could even open it. Do you want to open it now or you want to open it later? You want to open it now? Yeah. Go for it. Let's see what's in there. It, there's a lot of tape in there because I'm the one that wrapped it. I should have had my wife wrap it because she makes things beautiful, but I don't really need to save the paper, so you can just go for it. You know, I grew up in a house where we had to save the paper. There was not a lot of money in those days. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so it's not a toy, but it is something you could share with your family. It's uh, Lint Classic Assorted Chocolates. All right, why don't you take that and share that with your family. Thanks, you. Let's give Nikita a hand. What's happening there? It's one thing to believe it, but what if he'd said, ah, oh, I'll just leave it there on the stage. I'll just come back next week for it. Oh, I'll come back next Christmas for it. It's his gift. We wouldn't, none of us would be able to open it. His name was on it. But instead he actually believed that it was his and he received it. He accepted the gift. It's the same thing with Jesus. You might even believe that Jesus is real. You might have gone to church all your life. Maybe you go every Christmas. It's like, God, I'm doing my duty. I'm getting there. And uh, hopefully I get some marks for this one. I want you to tell you it doesn't work that way. God wants to have a relationship with you. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't earn your way into God's grace and favor. It's his free gift to you. God's grace is free for you. And it's up to you to receive it, to unwrap it, to open it up. Isn't that good? Some of us have been striving so hard to make life work. You, you're, you might be one of them. You're grasping at relationships or you're grasping at success or you're grasping at money or pleasure and you just can't seem to get settled and find peace. And I think it's because you have not yet figured out where you belong. God sent Jesus, the Word, the One who always existed and through whom everything was made, the one who brings light and life to the world, he sent Jesus so that you could be adopted into his family, so that you can belong, so that your faith in Jesus could make you a child of God. God becomes your heavenly father, a good father. Maybe you know the rest of the story of Jesus, but let me just refresh it for you. Jesus was born to Mary, as, as we heard. And then, as Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. It's one of my favorite verses in all the New Testament. He, he, he grew, and he applied himself, and he, he went to school, and he got educated, and he, he developed good relationships with people, and he was well-known, and he, he would favor with God. And then, as an adult, Jesus began a ministry of teaching and healing the sick and, and casting out demons and turning the, the religious world on its head. But the real reason he came was, was to take the judgment that we deserve for our wrongdoing, for our sin. So Jesus faced all the temp- same temptations that we face. Did you know that? That, that when, we, when we lash out in anger or we give in to lust or we take something that isn't ours, all, all those temptations, we feel like we want to do that. Jesus faced the same temptations that you face. But he was without sin. He didn't sin. And, and then Jesus was apprehended by the authorities. He was tortured and he was executed by crucifixion. He died a brutal, natural death to take on the punishment that we deserve for our sin. 
He was separated from God in that experience so that we don't have to be eternally separated from God. Jesus is our substitute. And then God raised Jesus from the grave to defeat spiritual death. That the death that we all deserve, Jesus appeared to more than 500 witnesses, the Bible tells us. And then he left us to live with God the Father. And he sent the Holy Spirit in his place to be present on earth until the day that Jesus will return as he promised he would. You know, when Jesus was on earth, he gathered some, some faithful people around him and he used just two words to gather people. You know what he said? He said, follow me. Follow me. I cannot imagine anything less complicated than that. That is as simple as it can be. Follow me. Well, where are we going, Jesus? Follow me. Well, what's this going to look like? Follow me. Well, how are we going to put food on the table? Follow me. Well, what, what about my friends? Follow me. For some people, it meant leaving their family. For some, it meant leaving their business. For some, it meant just a whole new world. For some, it meant going back to their family. For some, it meant going back to their business. It was whatever Jesus said to do is what they would do. And embedded into this promise of adoption into God's family by believing and accepting Jesus is this invitation to follow him, to pattern your life after him, to listen to his voice and obey him, to, to hear him say, I love you. To, to know that he has good promises for your life. He has a purpose for you. It's, it's an invitation to live unselfishly for the glory of God, to live generously for the benefit of others. Jesus never promised a trouble-free life. Let's just get that out of the way. Jesus never promised it would be easy. Quite the opposite. He did promise to never leave you, to never forsake you, but he said his followers would be hated, they'd be persecuted, some would lose their life for following him, some would lose their families, that they'd have, they'd have problems. But he did promise they would never be alone because they're adop- adopted into the family of God. And I, I hope you understand that Christmas isn't just a baby in a manger. I mean, I, I love this little scenario we have up here. And afterwards, we'll clear some of the th- stuff off the stage. If you want to take a, a quick family photo up there in front of that, you're welcome to it. Lots of people do each year. and I mean, it's a great reminder, but that's not it. Completely. It does. It's so much more. It's not just a time to be with family and get together and exchange gifts. As wonderful as all those things are. It's so much more. It's that the baby is God himself. Creator of the universe. He came for you. He humbled himself to be one of us. So that you could receive forgiveness. Release. Let that burden of your wrongdoing off your shoulders give you a clean new conscience, make you a new creation, to have eternal life in Him so that when you die, you have an eternal, secured, eternal future. You know what happens when you go. He came so that you could accept Him and be received into His family. But I want you to just grapple with this thought that everything exists because of Jesus. If that's true... That means he has authority. Whoever built the thing knows what's going on. If it's not true, you can ignore everything I said. And that's fine. It, 
you're not offending me if you if you walk out of here saying you're you're a nut job. That's fine. You wouldn't be the first. But if it is true, it matters to the very core of your being. And I would invite you to look at the testimonies of people that you know are genuine followers of Jesus. Watch what happens in their life in a time of crisis. Watch what happens when they go through time of stress. Watch the the generosity in their life. I want you to watch those true followers of Jesus say there's got to be something to this. But no one can force you and no one can make that decision for you. We must believe and accept to become a child of God, to become a part of God's family. You could do that even today. You'd, we, we suggest it's a simple way. You just just tell God. Just talk to Him. Say, Jesus, I believe that You're real. I accept You into my life. I invite You to forgive my sin and help me to follow You. Some way of expressing your faith in what God has done for you. And will you bow with me as we pray? God, we want to just take a moment to, to realize that this is so real. And Lord, for if there's anyone here today who's just grappling with their sense of lostness, of belonging, God, I ask that you would reveal truth in such a personal and profound way. To be able to say, Jesus, I follow you. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you're real and I accept you into my life. If that's something you're wanting to do today, if that's something you even prayed with me as we as we did that, would you just have the courage to talk to me afterwards? I'll just be available here at the front a little bit. I don't want to just kind of leave you, get you there and then kind of leave you stranded, but you need to know it's your decision. God loves you. He's created you for a purpose. He's, he's died, Jesus died to forgive your sin, but it's on you to receive that forgiveness and follow him. God, we thank you for this time. Give you our praise. In Jesus' name, amen.